Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of PLP Talks. We are back from our summer vacation. Uh, I took a little break doing these episodes just so I could focus on more outside bike reviews. And I'm happy to say we are back with a killer episode. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Rebecca Rush, known as the queen of pain, but also the queen of planning, apparently. We're going to talk about her event, Rebecca's Private Idaho, and how it's impacted her community of Sun Valley, Ketchum, and generally follow this interesting thread of gravel events as economic rural development. You might have seen that bicycling uh, magazine article recently about how gravel cycling events are saving small towns. Well, I think Rebecca's Private Idaho is definitely a perfect example of that. Before we jump in, this episode is supported by listeners and viewers just like you guys. So if you love this content, be sure to check out those PayPal links below. In addition, this episode is also supported by filmbybike.org. Film by Bike is a turnkey bicycle film festival that you can bring to your community, your bike shop, and use it to stoke the bike fun. They make it really easy to add programming to an event or just a fun excuse to gather cyclists together to do some fundraising and community building. So if you want that in your town, check out filmbybike.org. So with all that said, you guys will dig this episode. It is such an interesting look at uh, a different side of Rebecca Rush. So put on those earbuds, pretend like you are working at your desk and enjoy the show. So I guess let's start about like, what, what was your initial motivation to start the event? <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, I'm a mountain bike athlete primarily. And so a lot of people have asked me why I started a gravel event. Um, and it, I started Private Idaho for, for a few reasons. Um, one, because when I travel everywhere, I travel around the world. Um, people ask me, I had, I had a what? I had a potatoes. Like, why, why do you live in Idaho? And so I wanted to show people um, that this is the best place I've ever ridden my bike and, and kind of share what I know about this place with everyone else. And that was partially to kind of, it's like when you find something really cool, you want to share it with your friends. But I also wanted to support my community and bring people here. And, you know, I live in a small town, and, and so I want to keep living here. So it was also my way of, of giving back to the businesses that are here. Mm-hmm. Um, and third, I mean, I'd always thought I wanted to launch a mountain bike event. Um, and I'll tell you why I launched Gravel is I went to a couple different events and kind of got inspired. I went to, in the same year, Dirty King. Anza and Levi's Grand Fondo, and um, that was six years ago. And I'm not really a roadie. I ride a road bike, and I'd never done a gravel event. And going to those two events, it kind of turns the light on for me that, you know, Idaho has so many dirt roads, and I train on them all the time, and it never occurred to me, like, well, yeah, maybe I'll start with a gravel event instead of a mountain bike event. And what I really love about that is that, it's kind of this ground, this middle ground that brings in new mountain bikers, roadies. It's pretty much anyone can come ride. And so I really like the aspect of being able to just throw a gigantic party and not be limited by, you know, really difficult permits or anything like that. And so I started riding my motorcycle around on all the dirt roads, <laughs> um, going and looking for a course. And But really the motivation to, to launch it was, was to bring my work home and to show people this really amazing state that I live in um, and give back to my community. And it's turned into, you know, the first year I didn't think anybody would come. Second year I didn't think anybody would come. And now we're, we're going on year six and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll cap out at a thousand people. And, um, and it's, 
it's really rewarding for me as an athlete, you know, I love crossing the finish line, doing all that, but it's actually almost been more rewarding to watch all these people cross the finish line of, you know, hundred mile really sort of back roads event um, and kind of see the lights go on for people. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started it. We're going on year six um, and I called it Rebecca's private Idaho when I was sitting, trying to thinking for names and I was out riding and out on my motorcycle. I'm like, there's just nobody out here. There's no one. And um, there's no cell service. And I think that's really unique for people to be able to escape and check out, even if it's just for a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's kind of what this state is about, mm-hmm. is being able to kind of our little hashtag is gravel less traveled and kind of how I've sort of chosen my rides and chosen the place I want to live. And yeah, and being able to share that with the cycling community is super exciting. And gravel has started exploding since, you know, I launched the event six years ago and it's really on an upswing, which is awesome. So mm-hmm. it's kind of fun to see, see people trying new surfaces to ride on. Right. What's the, um, what's the, the growth been like for the event? Like how many riders did you have, uh, like the first year and, what was the tipping point yeah, when people yeah. started to... Yeah, first year was 170, um, which I was pretty shocked by because we were... Uh, our town was on fire. <laughs> we had um, uh, the Beaver Creek fires, um, wildfires right around. The whole town was evacuated, you know, basically going up in smoke. And I'm a firefighter. So here I'm launching this first year event. I'm working 18-hour days, and we're just a few weeks out and... And no one's in town except the firefighters <laughs> and the airport's closed. I'm just like, what do I do? Do I give the money back? I don't know what to do. But um, the smoke cleared and we, this uh, private Idaho was the first event that happened along with the wagon days parade on Labor Day weekend. It was the first event after the fires. And so it was kind of like this, you know, great healing event and 170 people hearty souls showed up despite the fact that the town had been ablaze a couple of weeks before. Um, and then this last year we had 870 riders. So we've had really great steady growth over, over the five years. And, and, uh, but to me, you know, grow, I'm, I'm capping it this year at a thousand. I think we could probably have more people, but, um, it's really important to me that, that the event stays intimate and that people can come and talk to me and that they feel like, they're welcome in my hometown. It's a really, a really important aspect of the whole thing for me is that, mm-hmm. is that it, it doesn't become this, you know, 10,000 person event where, where you can't even, you know, see the start line when you start. Right. Right. So did you work, um, or how closely have you worked with the, the local chamber? A lot. Um, so I, I live here, obviously I'm a resident. And so, um, the city of Ketchum and the city of Sun Valley, they're, you know, they're responsible for our, our permit. We also have to work with the, the Chalice National Forest, the Ketchum Ranger District, Southeast National Forest. Um, so there's a lot of collaboration between, you know, the town and myself. Um, and then also visit Sun Valley, which is our, is our kind of tourism, uh, board or chamber so to speak. Um, I'm a member there and yeah, they really help as well with getting media here and spreading the word and putting it on their websites. Um, and that's been a big learning experience for me. I mean, I knew I could put on an event and I could get, because of my experience as an athlete, I could bring some sponsors in and spread the word in the cycling community. But, um, it's been really great to, you know, and challenging to, you know, attend city council meetings and go and, you know, vote on certain things and, and really study, um, 
study some of the other events that have been successful here, like the Boulder Mountain Tour um, is a big Nordic ski race that's been going on, I think, 35 or 40 years mm-hmm. in this valley, and that has a 1,000 skiers. And, you know, just kind of looking at the things here that that survived and why they survived and, and building a legacy for that with Private Idaho is, is super exciting. So, yeah, I do work with a chamber. We um, also have... Um, a group Sun Valley Valley Economic Development, and they help us evaluate our statistics and really show the economic impact. And and those things are really important when, when, you know, I'm asking for a permit, basically showing that, yeah, I'm I'm a small business, but bringing a lot of business here as well. And Mm -hmm. that makes me feel really good. That was one of my initial goals is to support the locals. So, you know, we hire locals, we get our t-shirts locally. We do, we, you know, Sawtooth Brewery is a sponsor. So we really try to use as much um, local talent and help as possible. Mm-hmm. Again, with the, the motivation so that I could keep living here and, and <laughs> kind of build something really cool in this community. Yeah. And it's working. What were those? Um, I mean, it sounds like when you first started it, like the you know, gravel vent space was fairly new. What was that initial reception like from, um, the, the chamber and local businesses, were they kind of wary or had they heard of gravel events before? Uh, and even like it took a few years for people were like, oh yeah, Rebecca's doing her ride. You know, a lot <laughs> of the, the businesses were like, oh, you know, they're, they're going up and over Trail Creek, what? Um, which is very remote. You know, we leave town and then, and then you, you kind of head up into the mountains and head away from town out of cell phone coverage. And, I think the first couple years, you know, the cyclists I knew, you know, the Elephant's Perch, sort of in some of our bike shops are like, they got what I was doing. Um, but they're also asked, well, why aren't you doing a mountain bike event? I'm like, I think this is going to be better. This is going to allow more people and, mm-hmm. you know, everyone can come from, you know, all shapes and sizes and ability levels from pro to, you know, beginners. I, I basically didn't want to host an elitist event. And, I think the businesses, you know, the cyclists kind of understood, but they also thought I should do a mountain bike event. I'm like, no, let's, let's try this. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're going into year six, like I said, and, um, and it's, it's kind of feels like a fixture uh, for, you know, everyone's like, oh yeah, now it's, they know the name of the event. They know that it's not just Rebecca trying to, to do something crazy. Yeah. Like, oh wow. Okay. And so now there's some really great partnerships with our local shops and local hotels and um, Visit Sun Valley. Mm-hmm. And people are, people are really getting on board. But since I lived here, you know, even in the first couple of years, people were supportive. They were like, okay, you want to do this? We'll give it a try. Mm-hmm. But now they really see the impact and they see the businesses and they see that people come. And because we're off the beaten path, people stay four or five days. It's, it's pretty common. I and mean, the average nights in town is actually three and a half. Um, from our surveyed riders. Mm-hmm. So they're not like blasting in, doing the event and going home that night, people are saying. And that's that makes me feel really good. And that was part of the motivation for me to launch um, the stage race format and to also launch Rush Academy training camps that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hosting this year because the biggest thing I heard in the first few years was, well, next time we're going to stay longer. I was like, all right, if you want to stay longer, I can show you around a little bit more. And that's the the genesis of the Queen Stage Races. For people who want more ride days, I'm happy to to show them some other places. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about 
the the differences between your original event and the Queen Stage race for for those that aren't familiar? Like, what did you change in the yeah. in the format? Well, the Rebecca's Private Idaho still exists as the you know the one day we have a uh, fifty fifty miler hundred miler um, the big potato small fry and then hopefully adding for this year a twenty five miler tater tot ride. So that's all on the Sunday of Labor Day weekend, and that that remains. And so then last year, you know, I had this great idea of, like, I want to show people more um, <laughs> of Idaho. And the stage race format, I come from mountain bike stage racing, and it's been a great way to see the world, you know, trans Andes or going all these places, and you ride five, six, seven days in a row. And mm-hmm. so I was like, well, there aren't any gravel stage races. Maybe, maybe we should do that. And so the stage race format, um, it's still part of Rebecca's Private Idaho. So the final stage for the – Queen stage race riders is, you know, the the big potato route, the hundred miler of private Idaho. But prior to that, um, they'll do Thursday, Friday, Saturday's off because it's the parade and Sunday. So three days of riding um, over four days. And the first stage, which is really fun and exciting, is what I call the adventure stage. And so um Last year, I did a trial run with 50 invited riders to just kind of test run it and see how it would work. And we're uh, we're launching it officially for this year. And so the first stage is is about 50 miles, and it's going to combine some pretty some pretty rugged small tracks, um, a little bit of single track thrown in. Um, and the idea of that is, you know, if can. We do have roadies and mountain bikers coming um, and joining on the same playing field. I didn't want any group to have, you know, an advantage. I wanted I wanted to level the playing field. So the first stage is definitely uh, favors the mountain bikers, the people with mountain bike handling skills. But you still have to ride your gravel bike. Same bike, all three stages. Um, so, yeah, first day is a little bit of an adventure day with some single track and really rough um, kind of narrow narrow uh, footpath, gravel, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then the second day is a really fun 20, well, it's almost 50 miles, but um, it's a neutral rollout about 20 miles um, out to this gravel hill. And what it was really great about the neutral rollout last year is it became a really nice social group ride. And we're all chatting and, you know, catching up. And then there's um, a four and a half mile uphill time trial. And that definitely favored the roadie types. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we ride back to town again as a group social ride. Sunday is the Wagon Days Parade and our expo and, and vendor stuff. And then Sunday is the, the Big Potato um, where the stage race, Queen Stage Race riders join in with the rest of the group. And so they're, they're scored cumulatively over the three days. And I've got to finish every stage on the same bike and it was really successful last year as a trial run. And so it's officially open now, uh, but it is limited to 200 riders. Mm-hmm. So mostly because we're on smaller trails and, um, you know, there's, I just kind of want to keep that one a little bit intimate and grow it slowly. And that's what I've done with private Idaho as well is, is I grew it slowly. You know, I mean, I didn't just open it up. I did put a limit on it each year, like, okay, 170 people came the first year. Okay. 300 people came the second year. Okay, I'm going to cap it at 500 the next year. And because I wanted to just slowly add a couple hundred more people and see how it felt to make sure that it didn't get out of control. Right. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been amazing. And I'm actually really looking forward to it for this year. And I'll ride, I'll ride all the stages, which is really fun for me to be on the course with everybody, even though I don't score myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so nobody has to worry about racing me for the stage race or anything. Right. <laughs> so how does the, uh, the timing work? Is it, is it time climbs or time descents or? We, the time trial stage, um, stage two of the queen stage race is only timed uphill. And we actually on the descent coming down the time trial, we actually, uh, um, implemented a penalty that if you went more than the speed limit on the road, which is 25 miles an hour, um, that you'd, you'd be disqualified. (laughs) And that's mostly because it's open roads and we wanted to make sure that people were safe on the descent. And everybody was really cool Mm -hmm. about, you know, sharing the trail and sharing the roads. And, and I do emphasize that to the riders that look, my name is on your number plate and I have to live here. And, (laughs) you know, if you don't, you aren't a, a, a good guest in my hometown. Um, I'm the one who's going to hear about it. And people are really great about that. I think when they come to Ketchum and Sun Valley, they see and feel the small town friendliness and aspect. And, you know, everyone who's come has really respected that when it comes to even parking in the right places or, you know, not ripping down the roads and on the wrong side of the road. And, and so I really do try to emphasize that, you know, Hey, you know, let's be good stewards because, to be honest with you, a lot of this town had never seen that many cyclists. And I want to, one, I want to make sure that, that we show people who aren't cyclists, you know, that we're, uh, you know, the right group of people to be here and that, um, that they'll be welcomed back. And so there is an education and a responsibility that my riders have. And I reinforce that and everybody's been really great, but I think we've, we've kind of shown the community um, who cyclists are. And, you know, there was probably this stereotype of like, especially mountain bikers or just dirt bags are just going to camp, mm-hmm. you know, 20 somethings. And, and that's really not, I mean, there are cyclists who fit in that mold, but really, I mean, there mm-hmm. isn't a stereotypical cyclist anymore. It really does. Mm-hmm spread across all ages and, you know, economic, you know, categories. And so it's pretty cool um, to be able to, one, show the local businesses, the chamber, the city, that that cyclists are, you know, the right kind of people to be here. These are the guests that we want in our town. Mm-hmm. Do you have any anecdotes or stories of maybe a business or someone that was kind of on the fence, but then after they saw the benefit or... Or, or better supporters? Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say they were on the fence, but, um, you know, we have a local bike shop here that their shop is right on the corner of um, where we start and finish. And so a really great location. And we start at eight o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Um, and it's the day after a big parade. And so the town's a little bit fatigued. The businesses are like, <laughs> it's a really big weekend here. And, you know, the shop owners are open, you know, all hours. And the first, first two years, well, the first year, um, and then the second year they did it again, um, a shop called Elephant's Purse, they decided to open up early at 7 a.m. just in case riders had any last minute issues or deals. And that was really cool because, you know, I was like, oh, wow. And they did that on their own. But then they came back to me afterwards and were like, oh my gosh, we had so many people coming in and buying gloves and saying thank you and, you know, appreciating, you know, us just like pumping up their tires. And 
that was that felt really great for me. And, and it's not that they were on the fence about the ride. I think they didn't realize, um, one, that how much it was going to boost their business and that people were going to actually buy clothing like 15 minutes before <laughs> before the race started. I think people were surprised in a mountain town in September that it can be in the 30s and 40s right. at 7.45 in the morning. And um, so that was pretty exciting. And then we have another bike shop that we work with that now has um, they receive bikes through bike flights. Everyone can ship their bikes there, have them built. Um, and so we've really kind of grown into, into kind of have a little system going. There is another sandwich shop called Johnny G's, another restaurant called Perry's that specifically have come up to me every single year and said, you know, we got a ton of cyclists here. We are so stoked. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And that's really nice. That, that makes me feel good that, without me even asking, people are coming and saying thank you for, for bringing everybody here. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think the cities, the city of Sun Valley, the city of Ketchum, those are probably later adopters because when I went to, to them and said, hey, this is what I want to do, um, it was like, mm, okay, uh, <laughs> on Wagon Day's weekend, on Labor Day weekend, are you sure? Um, but I think now what they're seeing is really cool um, is, you know, Wagon Days is the largest non-motorized parade in the Northwest. And so it celebrates our heritage of um, of mining and ore and the wagons coming over Trail Creek Summit, which is the way the riders, mm-hmm. the riders go out on their bikes. And so it's kind of this cool, and I wanted to put it on that weekend to celebrate Idaho history and kind of the juxtaposition of the wheels of like, this is our heritage, but, you know, recreation and cycling is our future. Mm-hmm. And so, and I also wanted to showcase kind of the cool Western mountain town stuff, um, you know, to people who come from big cities or, or other places. And, and that's been really amazing. But, I, but the wagon days folks and also the, the cities were kind of like, are you sure you want to do it this weekend? And it's, it's ended up being a really cool collaboration with the wagon days parade and with private Idaho, because it's two very different groups of people. Um, wagon days are all, you know, horse ranchers, um, that kind of group. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really fun to mix them up together mm-hmm. <laughs> on the weekend. It's been great. <laughs> Do you get a sense of, um, I mean, I feel like one interesting kind of, uh, effect of a, a gravel event is that it puts a, a destination on the map and people actually come, you know, different times of the year to ride the route or, or get a sense of the place. Do you see that happening? Yeah. What I see, I mean, trail Creek Hill, which is the, you know, the biggest climb it's a, a uh, big one climb that we do. I think it's 1300 feet um, right out of town. That's been like my little training ground for always. I do my hill intervals there all the time. And I'm usually the only one on this hill. <laughs> and now as we, we start coming up in, you know, as we get closer, I, I'll see people training on that hill now or, oh, I'm going to ride up to Trail Creek Summit and, you know, I'm going to set my goal. And even a lot of locals had never been up and over the hill, over Trail Creek into the Copper Basin on their bicycle. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people don't drive that way. Um, it's just, you know, so I feel, one, I opened the eyes of some of the locals. who are like, I've never ridden over Trail Creek. It's beautiful in Copper Basin. Mm-hmm. And now I see people training on that hill. And then, of course, um, you know, we have people from 37 different states come out here. And now they know, they know the names of these places. They know what Ketchum is, what Sun Valley is, because that's a confusion for some people. You know, they're both towns right next to each other. 
Um, and they know, yeah, they know what Trail Creek Summit is. They know what the Copper Basin is. They know what Wild Horse Canyon is, um, the Sawtooth Mountains. And that's a big part of me is, is wanting to showcase this special place. And, yeah, and then you go back home to New York City and, and you're dreaming of Idaho mm-hmm. <laughs> and dreaming of the next time you could come back and ride. And, um, and I've, had people, I've had people buy condos here and buy homes here. And, you know, I've introduced my realtor to quite a few folks who came um, and traveled here for my event and fell in love with the place like I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be an interesting exercise to to see the, the Strava stats on that hill before and after the event. <laughs> That's a good idea. Cause yeah, nobody was riding that hill except me and like Richard Solomon's another pro rider in town and yeah. a few people like that. And my friends who I'm like, come do hill intervals with me. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, it was, it definitely wasn't a regular thing. Like, like it is now. Yeah. That's one, that's one of the challenges that, that we see like kind of tracking kind of the year round usage of a, of a place. But things like Strava uh-huh. or Ride with GPS, you know, especially if, if like clearly before the event, no one was riding it, you can kind of see the growth and, you know, see where people are coming from, get other data. That's a good idea. <laughs> so let's talk that's a little bit fun. about... And that's part of this stage race thing, too, is I want to showcase other parts of the valley because mm-hmm. we have, I mean, just in this valley alone, 400 miles of single track and I don't know how many dirt roads. And so the part of the motivation for me to launch the queen stage race is to just show people a little bit more mm-hmm. um and so you know unlike that like the leadville has a stage race that is on the same course um queen stage race every stage is different we don't go on the rebecca's private idaho course until the last day and and that's been really cool too because we have like galena lodge for example is um a really cool lodge 20 miles north of town and they've just implemented um, over the last five years, a whole bunch of new mountain bike trails. And so, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully going to be able to showcase that. And then people come back and they're like, yeah, I'm going to go to Galena Lodge again. Um, but just show a little bit more of our valley and what we had to offer. Mm-hmm. Do you think because the event is a, um, a gravel race, not a mountain bike race, it's more scalable just by virtue of having... I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, having a thousand people in a mountain bike race on single track just just isn't going to happen. Um, but I can have a thousand people on a gravel road, and then they can come back another time and and ride their mountain bike. And you know, the future of of Rebecca Raj and, and bike events in Idaho. You know, I am launching the Rush Academy, so I'll have two um, mountain bike endurance training camps that are four or five days, and those are twenty twenty five people. So I'll be able to showcase a little more of the mountain biking and also do a gravel camp. But I think there is a, a mountain bike event um, here in my future that I'll, that I'll be launching as well. I just don't know how it looks, but it's definitely, it won't ever hit the numbers of a gravel event just because of, of the nature of the trails and single track riding. And, mm-hmm. and that's okay. You know, a thousand people can fit on a gravel road, but a thousand people don't <laughs> have to fit on single track. Cause I also want to be, since I live here, cognizant of um, of our impact as well. That's one thing that I think is kind of unique about gravel um, is that many places aren't fortunate enough to have, you know, kind of single track in their backyard, but a lot of rural places have gravel roads. So as kind of, you know, a place to start in terms of, you know, creating a you know, bicycle tourism focused event, like gravel opens up so many doors. 
It's huge. I mean, there's gravel roads everywhere outside of every town. And I think that's what's really cool is when people, it kind of opens their eyes, roadies and mountain bikers, like, oh, I have roads near my house that I've never taken. And I kind of felt that way, too. I mean, I've ridden all our mountain bike trails, but there, when I started scouting for private Idaho out on my motorcycle, I'm like, wow, I've never been on this road. This is really cool. And I, I started seeing that there were places in my own backyard that I had never even seen and it really does open up a lot of opportunities for people, no matter where you live. And like gravel's really big in the Midwest because there's tons of gravel roads out there. Um, they're starting to launch gravel events out in Pennsylvania, and you know where they have a lot of the, um, I think they're called like they're like wagon trails and rails to, tra- yeah. you know, rails to trails like kind to- of set up out there. <laughs> so it really does open a whole new playing field for somebody who wants to ride a bicycle and maybe either doesn't have mountain bike trails near their house or they're intimidated by single track. So let's talk a little bit about um, the economic impact. Uh, Have you been able to to capture numbers? Yeah, we have. um, I actually just, uh, we have a, like I said, Sun Valley economic development um, uh, that's here in town and helps us with it, helps us with basically gathering statistics of a lot of different events in town. And they're, they kind of took our numbers this year and looked at economic impact. And basically, you know, we're bringing in an excess of $3 million into Blaine County just for 2017. And that'll continue to grow with 2018, especially with the stage race, the camps being launched. Um, so I feel really good about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, said we hire, you know, between hotel and condo, food and drinks, retail, shirts, all that kind of stuff. Um, and the way that we, the, the Sun Valley Economic um, Development Group, um, basically kind of looking at all of the events in the valley, we're now Private Idaho is, is right up there as along with the Boulder Mountain Tour, which has been going for, I think, like I said, 40, almost 40 years. Um, Private Idaho is now right up on par with that event as far as economic impact. So I feel really good about that in just six years, you know, Mm -hmm. um, being able to kind of match our premier winter event um, with the cycling event. Mm -hmm. Do you have a sense of uh, the number of room room nights the event generates? I'm looking at our statistics here. I mean, our, what we do have is this average, um, let's see, 496 estimated condo and house rentals. Um, 3.5 average nights in town, mm-hmm. some of our stats, $131,000 in hotel condo mm-hmm. alone, just kind of with those numbers. And that seems like that, that should kind of grow exponentially with the stage race. <laughs> it, it totally will. It'll be great. And I think it'll encourage people, like I said, to come and stay. The stage race, they're going to they're gonna have to stay here, you know, five days. Um, if, if they're taking part in that. So I'm really excited to see our numbers for 2018 and, and compare those with, you know, a couple hundred more riders in private Idaho and then a couple hundred riders in, um, in, the, in the Queen stage race. I think it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And this is really the first year that we've started, you know, we've, we've done um, surveys and questionnaires every year, but this is the first year that a professional group has taken our numbers gotten some statistics for us because like I said, I'm, I'm a bike racer learning how to put on a bike event and realizing that, you know, for our sponsors and for the city and 
that that we have to have these kind of statistics. Um, one to show that all the work that we're doing is is having an impact, uh, but also to to make sure that people realize their investment is is going to the right places. Mm-hmm. I spoke recently with a, a small destination in uh, Mississippi, and they had a century ride, um, and the chamber took it on. And before the chamber took it on, it was generating something like twenty room nights. And then the chamber was like, well, we have to force an overnight stay. So they created a big after party that was late in the evening. And it went from something <laughs> like 20 room nights to 200. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't really think about that when I launched this event. I'm just like, I want people to come to Idaho. You know, I want to show them around. But it has, I've naturally seen it happen that people, you know, stay here. They bring a mountain bike as well. A lot of people, about 35% of them rode on the mountain bike trails as well. Um, and the number one thing I hear in our feedback is I'm going to stay longer next time, which I really like hearing. And so, like you said, I might as well offer things along the way. If they're going to stay here longer, I can offer more, more dinners, more activities, more gatherings, mm-hmm. more ride. Do you think by having the event and people um, seeing the, the benefit of cycling that it's helped the reputation of cyclists or acted as bike advocacy in the, in the region at all? I do. That's a really good comment because, um, so let's see, seven years ago, we had mountain bike nationals here for a couple times, um, on, on Sun Valley resort. And my husband and I helped with that. And I think that was the first time that, you know, in sort of recent history that, that cycling was put on the map for Sun Valley and Ketchum. And I heard a lot of the local community, you know, thinking that the cyclists who were coming were, some people, if they don't ride, you hear mountain bike and you put in your head, you see in your head, you know, Red Bull Rampage or downhill, you know, the things that you see on TV or YouTube. And I, so I think the community initially with, with nationals was surprised to see that, you know, cyclists are staying in hotels. They're, you know, buying food and drinks. They don't all want to camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and private Idaho has really kind of extended that uh, kind of, incorrect perception that that cyclists just are, are dirt bags or they just want to jump off cliffs mm-hmm. um, with their bike and <laughs> especially gravel cyclists are definitely are, are not that way and i think we're changing this perception that their family members they're professionals they bring their kids um they come with their friends they spend a lot of money on their bicycles a lot of them are riding ten thousand dollar bicycles and and it and that there isn't one kind of stereotype typical cyclist you know it's all abilities anyone can ride a a bike from age eight to 80 Uh, you can do it your whole life at whatever level and I think it's that perception has been changed by so many cyclists coming to town being you know loving this community and falling in love with it the way that that I did I think it's great for 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 everyone to see because we're Sun Valley is kind of on the map as a ski destination, but our summer um, economic impact has overtaken winter um, by far uh-huh. uh, for the last number of years. And I think people are realizing what an amazing playground this place is, not just for cycling, but for fishing and hiking and everything else um, paddling. And I feel really proud that I've been able to have, you know, use, my reach as a professional athlete and my reputation to bring people here. People wouldn't have come if, if they didn't know who I was initially. But now people are, are coming 
to catch them in Sun Valley because we hear the riding is great and and it's a super cool town and we have changed the perception that cyclists are, are everybody and that they're conservationists they care about the trails you know they want to eat nice food and go out to dinner and and they'll and and they really do appreciate this place for what it is um, I don't want to bag on any sort of tourist group but it's, I want to compare it a little bit to, we had the eclipse come through here this summer and they were like really planning, you know, really planning that um, the eclipse was going to, you know, have the most people we've ever had in town. It was going to be crazy. And there were more people than there ever been in town because we were right in the path of the eclipse. Mm-hmm. But what was cool about it, my husband's on the fire department, is people just went and walked up a hill and, and looked at the eclipse. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't like, you know, mayhem in the streets or people doing anything, um, you know, crazy. They were just looking up at the sky. And I think it's a little bit similar when people come here to ride their bikes. They're coming here to appreciate the outdoors. And so they do have a respect for, for our, you know, small town community, but also the gem of all this public land and public space that we have to recreate. Thanks again for listening or watching another episode of PLP Talks. If you like this content, consider supporting it with links below. And thanks once again to Film by Bike for sponsoring this episode. And don't forget, if you are listening to this via podcast form, to go to your podcasting app of choice, rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and share the bike love. And until next time, keep the supple side down.